Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. Come on down to the farm in the city, back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life, back into the land. Oh, oh, oh. help the garden grow, singing. Oh, 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 we've got to help the garden grow. Welcome to the Urban Homestead Radio. We are your hosts, Annie, Jordan. Special thanks to our sponsor, Layman's, in Kidron, Ohio. For over 60 years, they have provided practical, non-electrical tools and appliances and home goods. Our family has been a huge fan of theirs since the 1990s and have purchased many quality products for our own homestead. When technology fails, their products will certainly work. So check out their website and online catalog at layman's.com. That's L-E-H-M-A-N-S dot com. We appreciate the support of this podcast. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden grow. Sing it. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to help, help the garden grow. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden grow. Sing it. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to help the garden grow. Hi, homesteaders. Welcome to another episode of Homestead Happenings where we're we're going to share things that have been growing on here at the homestead. We're two weeks into September. Um, for a while there, it felt a little bit like fall. Um, we, I almost felt like pulling out my knitting and pumpkin spice and all, but then it shot back up to hot and humid. So now we're back to sweating and, and sweltering. And watering. Um, and watering. So um, the trees are, um, it is the night of Rosh Hashanah, so the was uh, looking at the pomegranates today. Um, I don't know if we're able to harvest any, but... Well, we harvested our first one this week. Supposedly there's 613 seeds in each one. I checked that out on Facebook and that kind of didn't. No? <laughs> I know. I was a friend... It's one a, day you have to tell me my story. A friend of ours came over and he said, oh, you know, there's 613 seeds in a pomegranate. Of course, I'm skeptical, so I, I Googled it and... They said one guy went to the store and he said he only counted 300. So we'll see. It's it's a well, maybe it's a modern pomegranate versus a know. biblical pomegranate. We'll see. I don't know. But that was like so. What's growing growing on in the garden? Well, it's the time of year where the tomatoes look like crap. The cucumbers not so much, not so great. So um, the spider mites showed up. I'm gonna take out a first batch of tomatoes. Um, although it was probably one of the better years in the last. Seven, ten years of tomatoes. Um, the spider mites cut them short. I'm trying to change over to salad mix because the country club farm box uh, we can go through like 20, 30 pounds a week. So I'm trying to get a head start on the salad mix because it did cool off, uh, cool off relatively. Um, the spider mites sh- shorten the tomato season. I'm trying to keep another uh, 40, 50 feet of tomatoes growing. Um, but looks like the spider mites are winning. So what is still growing in the garden from like uh, the summer? We're still har- harvesting tomatoes. Tremacino squash is growing like crazy. You need a machete to get through the backyard. Um, yeah, you can't Pathways are yeah. really tiny and tomatoes and the, the new batch of tomatoes and the purple goosefoot and the uh, Tremacino squash are sort of taking over everything in a good way. Um, 
So it's kind of fun. We had our first uh, one of our after school programs came in the Patsy and Burnett Boyle Heights group. It was like oh, it was yeah, that the learning works charter school. Works, but the guy one said the he group. was there when you could see from it. One side of the yard yeah, so one of the, the, we work with Learning Works, which is a charter school. They, we, they come every semester. One group is from Boyle Heights and one group is from Pasadena. So they're high school um, age kids and they'll come and tour the, the garden. And we'll talk about our garden and the homestead lifestyle. And then we'll, afterwards we will make jam. And this time around we made um, peach jam, which they enjoyed. And they took home a jar, and then we ate some warm on top of uh, vanilla pizza, ice cream. Yeah. So they enjoyed that. Um, it was a really great group of kids. You know, you never know. Sometimes you connect with. Um, sometimes you connect with the whole uh, group. Sometimes a couple. Sometimes none. It depends. And um, luckily for us, um, you know, in both groups there was quite a few of the kids that had. Uh, were really engaging, and actually one of the girls had been here before, so it was good to see them, them talk about the food and food justice and uh, the impact that food has on our environment, uh, social issues, and you know health, health and the health and welfare of the people on the planet. So uh, it was another successful um, class, and they loved it, and so. We'll did hope you to see them again. Peach the first time, or was it strawberry? I think we did. Uh, we did strawberry. Okay. Because yeah. they said strawberry the first time. Yeah, we did strawberry the first time. I mean, we've always been. Uh, I think this is the first. No, the first like the Boyle Heights one. Yeah. No, we did. We did both on peaches. Oh, you so. said it was strawberry last time. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I meant strawberries last semester last year. So this is the first time we did peaches. Um, and then let's see. Yeah. So we took them to tour of the garden. They the what was the, some of the stuff we oh. Gave them figs and the habakaba. Maybe if you can explain what that is to our listeners. Habakaba. Yeah, it's a, this is the second harvest of the year. It's a little grape-looking fruit that grows on the bark of the bark of the tree. There's little flowers that blooms. Um, it's sort of a, a showstopper, but it's definitely a talking point. We have, it's also fig like season, yeah, I mean, fig seasons, obviously people know what figs are, but this is a bunch of little black marbles, grapes, look like stuck to the trunk of the tree, which was, uh, you know, definitely gets people's attention. People that don't know about it are interested in it, and then uh, the Brazilian film crew that came by on Sunday, she grew up one of the reporters or hosts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, she grew up, she said she would sit on the curb, eat bowls of Jabu Tukawa. She had the... She said it something different. No, she, yeah, she said it with said, the J. J, yeah. yeah. It was a, she said the correct pronunciation yeah. with the little flourish. Yeah, yeah flourish at the end or something. Yeah, so she, she was like, she couldn't believe it was growing out here. She's been out here for a couple of years, but where do you get the plants, where do you get that? But definitely a talking point and she knew what it was and she grew up on it and she, she so what was them. the uh, so what was the Brazilian crew here for again what were they trying to incorporate what was it I wasn't quite sure what their they're like was, schools or far, urban farms in Brazil like was it a program to encourage well, apparently they traveled the world looking for gardens mm -hmm. or something and they visit, visit other people we have a huge following in Brazil we're on global TV and, uh, apparently she lives in Eagle Rock or something, mm -hmm. and she goes back and forth 
but and it probably pulled the email what she was actually doing but uh, on the I think it was about like urban farming and looking at looking at uh, urban farms around the world so we'll see where that goes um, oh yeah and then the in the learning works we showed them of course we always tour the garden the the first part is the edible landscape in the front yard and we have them go through the yard and smell the herbs and ask them to guess what the herbs are um, and they like that some some kids you know they they get all excited about smelling it and some so they're pretty pretty right on when it comes to the smell right some of them guess like like oh this smells like licorice because the anise hyssop smells like licorice or the lemon verbena smells like lemon um, and so they're all excited about how things smell and I'll get we'll take give them a little bag so they can take it home uh, another thing that we show off is besides the fruits we showed off the uh, call it the fairy dust um, plant that it's the Goosefoot. The goose, but that's that's like a it's the magenta we one. Talked about in the old podcast how huge they are this year. Yeah, so they're really big, and so the girl, the girls, of course, in the class, they like it because I say it like glitter, and they can put it on their eyes or on their lips, and they get a kick out of that. Yeah, that's sort of things. <laughs> people want to know, you know, how we planted it, or how they grow, they want the seeds, and I'd say hundred percent of them volunteered, so I can't take credit for where they grow or how they grow. They're growing between the sidewalk crack, they're growing between driveways, they're growing between pathways, and they enjoy it. So I've been using a lot of the salad mix because um, it's too hot for anything else. Um, they're finally, the 10 to 12 foot ones are finally going to seed. So they'll, and they'll stop being so tender and whatever, so. you come down? Uh, once I get the seeds out, I don't know if there was those are genetic, a genetic thing that they got so high or the soil was so good. I'm not quite sure. Because some of them get about three feet high and they go to seed. And this one's got 12 feet high and they went to seed. So that could be, it could be uh, a good, a good batch. Mm-hmm. Good genetic thing, so. Yeah, so people are, when they get in their farm box, I have a lot of people, you know, a lot of people come to the farm box um, to pick up their farm box, but they'll transfer their boxes into their their cloth bag so as they pull out the the veggies the people are curious they want to learn like what okay what's in this bag and what's in that one so they can identify so when the the magenta um, or purple goosefoot um, comes up they'll they'll ask me what I can use it for it's and also known as tree spinach and and it's cultivated in uh, like the Wikipedia says, UK and other areas, and maybe sold under the name of tree spinach. So it's leafy greens, which tastes much like charred spinach, with a hint of asparagus when cooked. So um, since the plant plant contains oxalic acid, it should be cooked in a steel pan, not aluminum. So it's a relative quinoa because when it flowers, I mean it seeds and flowers, it has the edible um, seed pods too, which can be cooked and ground into flour. The plant contains good amount of vitamins A, C, K, calcium, iron, phosphorus, potassium, um, and it's particularly well. The grow, plant grows particularly well in full sun or partial shade. So, um, and it's good for a green manure. So, basically, a cover crop. It's resistant to many pa- plant uh, pests and easy to grow. So that is true. <laughs> so, um, it's like when you read the, the the description, you know, it's like, oh, maybe it didn't grow like that. No, that one's that one's true to its description. So. Um, yeah, be definitely front yard be changed when they go to seed and they die back. It's going to be wide open. Yeah. Um, 
anything else in the garden that's coming along that's new or you're going to try new this fall or they well, like what were you in this this summer what were you happy with or what were you disappointed the with the tomatoes were pretty good um probably the best year with the artisan ones um maybe 10 years i don't want to be too exaggeration but it's about so i got a bunch for the country cup bunch for the farm boxes a bunch for um us eating and stuff like that so that was a good thing the tomato cucumbers although they grew like crazy it was funny that the older the older batch is still producing while the younger batch got mildew or something and they died back so i'm not quite sure why the newer batch the first batch outlived the um, younger batch, so disappointed that it wasn't too staggered that I thought I had staggered it. But I got a new batch of beans coming in, new batch of tomatoes coming in, and then trying to turn over the yard to salad vegetables. The, the basil had mildew, so that was, although they're edible, they're not quite sellable. Um, purple goosefoot is almost in every farm box because we have a lot of it and it doesn't take much water and time and energy and like I said you can't see from one side of the yard to the peppers as, as usual as expected um, they grew pretty well and they're on their second or third harvest a bunch of green ones on there all the colored ones are off so they're now green I've waited a couple weeks they'll be red um, the figs finally came in on so yeah but still I mean I finally got I sell out of figs every week I mean there's not really any extra to jam or anything so although it did finally come in they seem to be i thought i used to get like 30 pints every time i picked i don't know unless it's just still mm -hmm. early but i have finally this week between sunday and or friday and sunday i got 20 30 pints so it should be a good week for figs i mean uh, is it still warm or was it almost like 90 again today Yes, yeah. and and so yeah, we're back to a summertime weather. Um, Jordy has a little summer cold. You can hear sniffling and sneezing in the background, but so um, we had a lot of um, back to watering for a while. Mm -hmm. There got cool, so I also had to water every day. The last couple of days, uh, had water water almost full time again. Um, went to Gabriel's the other day. Checked out the bees. Um, a couple of the splits took. The other couple hives didn't look so good with brood. Lots of bees, but not many brood. So, fortunately, with all the holy days this month, they probably won't get out there till October. Um, hopefully, they it's just a a fad, and they don't. I powder triggered them for spider mites. Varroa mites got spider mites <laughs> in the brain. Um, Varroa. So. Powder so sugar is supposed to. Um, yeah, so explain why we powder sugar in the bees. It's a varroa mite time of year, and one of the treatments for varroa is powder sugar. And why is that? It's it makes bees groom groom yeah. themselves, and they groom off the varroa. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really see that much varroa. Like I've I've had highs before where it was like. You can actually see them piggybacking on all the bees. I didn't see them, but I was concerned that the brood was spotty and not as nice as before. So it could be just a seasonal thing because of the weather or they're 
things are winding down, shorter days. Um, but I'm a little concerned whether I have to probably have a couple more weeks whether to requeen them or not. Um, that takes time and money. And then you have to drive to Gabriel's and coordinate in bees, the queen bee's arrival, re kill the old queen, requeen, all in one day. I don't know how I'm going to do that. But, so how, um, when, I was curious, because um, if nobody's ever seen it, how do you, how do you, how do you powder sugar the varroa mites? Because if, um, it says the theory is that the, like you said, the theory behind powder sugar dusting is that the bees will groom after the sh off the sugar themselves and the, ha the mites will drop off the bees and fall through the screen bottom and out of the hives. So good riddance to the varroa mites. So you just basically, do you use a sifter? How do you powder? Well, there was this. I had some screen top or top boards or bottom boards and I had made my own powdered sugar because of the powdered sugar you get in the store has cornstarch and bees don't like cornstarch so I ground up the Vitamix some um, pure organic sugar and made it into my own powdered yes. sugar mm -hmm. so it was 100% sugar not cornstarch or anything like that um, I said half a cup per hive so I was able to get probably nine or eight or nine of the 12 hives before I ran out of time and stuff like that. So um, it was just, I was just more concerned, more preventative. Um, it'd be interesting to see in a month if the ones that had weak brood whether bounce back, um, they come and go. Uh, but how about half of them look strong, the other half not so bad, not so good, not so bad. Um, but I was concerned about mm -hmm. the brood pattern or lack of brood. Um, yeah. so, so we'll see. We'll see. Check back in October mm -hmm. when I get some time to get out there yeah. again. Hopefully, I still have I my think the brood is not together. I think it's raw. I think mm -hmm. it's raw or queen failure. Um, I usually requeen every year. This time, I thought they looked pretty good. Um, I was supposed to do it. I think back in July or August. But ran out of time and money, so I put it off because they look. There's a lot of bees, so it's not like there's a shortage of bees. But um, I don't see the next generation on there. I see, so we'll see how how that pans out. Um, so we also, yeah. we also launched our intern in Bollinger. Yeah, so um, we have we have our. I think we've mentioned that in the last uh, podcast. We have our volunteer application form online. We've already got submissions, so that we, now we have to go through and uh, answer, uh, review, review, review them interview. and get back to the people that request for volunteer. We didn't get her internship. Uh, um, the girl that worked with at the cafe, she is um, getting her nutritional uh, degree or some sort of degree and she's, your credits, there you go, and she needed to intern, get some credits toward uh, interning at um, some place that deals with food and nutrition. So. She got accepted, or our place got accepted in her internship program. Sounds like a, yeah, we have flyovers, a busy, busy night. Our windows are open because, like I said, it's, it's warm out, so you're hearing all the uh, city nightlife. Um, so, yeah, so we put in, uh, she sh showed up this week, oh, uh, stayed, I don't know how many hours, what was it, three or four hours? Made so we made, yeah, so we made um, peach jam, and then with the skins, what we would do when we were at the cafe, oh sorry, I'll, I'll get there, I'm gonna get there. So, um, made peach jam and then, um, so at the restaurant or at the cafe, um, she would make the peach, she'd make jams for the bars and so 
she tried not to waste so much, so she would take the skins and the pits and she'd boil them into a syrup and then they would use it at the front of house to make uh, like uh, drinks. So, um, like I said, as we made peach jam, we had peels and pits. And so she took that and made a simple syrup but and uh, added some tea. Uh, black tea and that was really good. Um, so we had that and she made, we made a huge uh, half a gallon uh, bit of syrup and then uh, like I said she was like okay so what else can we make so um, she's like let's make peaked cobbler so I said okay sure but it's been a while since I've uh, done peach cobbler probably about uh, two, years. Uh, two years after it hasn't been since dad passed so um, I don't think the peaches, we didn't have much peaches last year. So we actually, or we didn't have peaches, but Gabriel's did No, have. his fail. Maybe. Yeah, his fail, yeah. So he didn't have, nobody had peaches last year. So now we actually have peaches. So what I like to do is, uh, what I call it an upside down peach cobbler. Notice about cobblers is sometimes. Separation. Yeah, when you make cobblers, if you put the dough on top or the crisp on top, it's sitting, it kind of. Dry on top and liquidy. Whatever, yeah. So. There was a, came across um, one of the ladies that um, has the children across the, uh, well, let's see how I explain this. I teach, we teach a farm to table after school program in New Horizons School, which is across the street. One of the mothers invited us over to her house uh, a few years back and she made this peach cobbler. And it was very unusual because I had never seen it before. It was called upside down peach cobbler and it was really great. And I was like, oh, where'd you get this recipe? She was like, Southern Living. I was like, this is brilliant. I'm stealing it. I'm going to use it because I, I so loved it. So it's called an upside down peach cobbler. And what the unique thing is, it's really weird. You actually put the dough on the bottom and then you pour the peaches on the top. So, um, and in cooking, the, the peaches float to the bottom and the crust rises at the top. So it's a very simple recipe. It's like nine by 13 inch pan or, um, or maybe 10 by 10. Depends, I, you, there's different recipes depending on the pan, so don't quote me on that. But it's basically uh, four cups of peaches, peeled and chopped, of course. I like to slice them. Um, and then a half a cup of sugar to that. You cook them down a little bit to get them a little soft because you don't want them raw. Um, and the dough is uh, about a cup of flour, uh, a couple, uh, teaspoon of salt, teaspoon of baking powder, and that to add that to, you add three um, quarters of cups of milk. I like to add a little bit of vanilla to that, or you can add cinnamon. And then you mix that dough, and then of course you uh, boil down the peaches a little bit with the sugar. Uh, in the baking pan, you uh, melt a whole, uh, whole stick of butter. <laughs> a lot of butter, but if you're like worried about that, you can do probably half. So you melt the you melt uh, the butter in your pan. Then you add the, the cobbler topping. So it would be the flour mix that's been mixed with the, the milk. So it's almost like a, it looks like dough, like pancake uh, batter. Well, yeah, it's, kind of like, it's like batter, not dough, but batter. You don't want to mix it ahead of time because it's baking soda. Right, so, so you, you have the liquid, it. it starts to foam. Right, and so you mix it right You have to do it right Right. Before. So basically it looks like pancake batter. You pour that batter in with the melted butter, then you pour the peaches on top. And you and spread bake, it out. yeah, spread it out, of course. Uh, and you bake about 350 degrees for about 50 minutes, depending. 
and it's really good. Uh, of course, it's a hit. It's been, was a hit with the Hootenanny crowd. We had riots when the last uh, last piece was sold, and of course, when I made it that day with Audrey, we ate it for lunch, and then shared it with some of, of I guess what do y'all call them? Our our neighbors and. Uh, they enjoyed it, and, and they were asking if we could have more, and of course I mean more the next day. <laughs> so Part of the popularity of the Hootenannies was the peach cobbler. Yeah. So to this day, yeah, whatever. keep asking for it. So that is the recipe for this that we share. Well, what's good about the peach cobbler is that it, it was, uh, some cobblers are kind of rough the next day. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't, they don't have the same as fresh. But this one, um, you could eat it. The next day, and it was just perfectly fine. Yeah, it's a good that you could eat it for breakfast and not have it like that. Mm -hmm. Call it soggy. It's almost soggy or yeah. dry, or mm -hmm. like there's a separation between the crust and the liquid. It's just kind of me. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, and now that it's fall and and stuff, I'm noticing a lot of the ducks and chickens are losing their feathers, so they are molting. So what would um, you suggest, uh, animal or or Fall flock care for all those who have uh, ducks and chickens. Jordan, what would you suggest for them to mm, look out and look stressed. out for fall? They're stressed. This is a time you should look for mites. And, and what would you do if they find mites? Um, there's a lot of, I mean, you definitely have to have dry dust bath areas, but the hardest thing about raising animals on the same property, um, you really should follow the ground. Um, so I, I try to DE the ground. So what is DE? Diatomaceous earth. You know, a lot of people use that, but... Um, Unfortunately, there's a couple of our chickens. They might be a little susceptible to leg mites. Right? Leg mites. Um, it's just like a certain breed. It's like, mm -hmm. and so uh, I do. We'll put it like a drop of like an advantage on the back of the neck. It'll clear it up. I mean, I don't like to do that, but sometimes I'm just a little overwhelmed and busy. Um, but Molting, they're just stressed. You should, you know, kelp. Uh, the chicken supplement I used to make was incredible for that. Um, Outside of vinegar, I guess I could add to their water yeah, maybe now. That's yeah, a good thing to you add. Know, to increase boost. the protein. Um, we're going to go into the fall, winter season, which is going to make everything damp. So I don't know. It's, um, yeah, you can, there's a lot of product out there, but. You know, you can make your own like garlic vinegar spray. You want to scrub down the, scrub down the roost. Let the sun get in, kill everything. Um, so it's like I said, for long, the short, damp, dark yeah. winter days, you want to kind of do a good end of summer cleaning, deep clean. Pamper them because the, the when they're molting, it's very stressful on them. So you you want to pamper them, give them a little extra protein, give them an extra probiotic, uh, and just make sure that they're um, not too stressed. And uh, it's a little harder on the older chickens. Mm -hmm. uh, winter time tends to be a time when we lose some of our older chickens. I noticed Lucy, one Lucy's of our aging. Banty, who's 12? Oh, she's more than 12. More, more, see, 2006? What would that make her? 12. 12, 12. yeah, she's 12, 12 years old. I think she's, she's older than that because it was back when we did the birthday events. Uh, okay, so 2005? The, the Blue Film Festival was the one? Yeah. yeah, so maybe 2005. So maybe she might be 13. She's still slowing she's down old. a little bit. Yeah. She's old. You can tell she's slowing down a little so bit. So the thing of the unfortunate thing about winter is we do lose them when it gets cold. But um, not lose them just randomly. It's just the older ones tend to not. Mm -hmm. I mean, we give them, you know, warmth and we watch over them and everything, but it just 
it is is one of the things that happens. Mm -hmm. So to oh right. Um. Yeah, we had the pomegranate back there. We cut them down. They didn't produce any fruit, so to figure out if they if they're if they have a chill hours or water or sunlight, they're not. The one one by the shower has like 50 fruit, and mm -hmm. the ones behind the, the coop have, have. I think the school trees really block back. Yeah, the trees. Still, they should. They said they. You know, something's wrong. So, yeah, so. I have to figure out whether to keep those, keep the blood orange trees. Um, yeah, our yard, again, here's another thing. When In wintertime, our yard will go through another evolution. It will be, that's when you decide what to move, what to cut, um, you know. Yeah, I mean, it said the pineapple guavas came back really strong. You know, cut them back. And, that, and they didn't, yeah. Yeah, so whether, we'll they, see. whether they take them out or not. But yeah. going back to Hunyani, peach cobbler and stuff, we did have hosted. Tom Ferris Memorial, um, he's the writer of the Urban Homestead song, the theme song for the podcast and on the music video. Um, so that was last night. We had about 70 people show up, standing room only, um, although it was a sad occasion. from brought back a lot of memories about uh, Dad, Dwayne, Rob, Rob um, Ed. Wow, there's too many people. Um, it's good to see the place full again with the sound of music, the energy, the food, the music, and the fellowship was great. Um, it's one of the things that we used to do that dropped by the wayside after Dad died. Um, but it was nice to see everybody again, even though it was for another death. So we were saying we should have a food nanny for the living. So everybody was excited that maybe we'll have a seasonal one here and there. But it was a very well done memorial. Uh, done by his, by done by his uh, Tom Fair's daughter, April, and his son, Robin. Yeah, uh, un so. uh, unfortunately, we get too familiar with memorials, so we'll have to change it up. But it was nice to see some old faces, some new faces, meet some people. We're like, what's this place? But they did admit that it was his home away from home. And he did. Tom Fair's home, home, from... home away from home. And there was a lot of connections made and fellowship friends made, bands made. Mm -hmm. um, bands um, were born there. Yes. So yeah, you could say bands were born there. Careers huh? Careers. Started. Yeah, careers started, uh, friendships made. So um, it was, yeah, and it was like I said, it was like old times. They got back uh, after the service. Uh, like I said, uh, Tom's uh, kid, April, and his, his daughter, April, and his son, Robin, um, they're both. Uh, she's a singer, and he and and Robin too. They they did. It was a musical tribute to their dad, um, which they you know because he was prolific in his writing. As if you listen to one of his podcasts that we did interview him a while back. Um, his son was appreciative. We know if we did another one, unfortunately, we never got around. We were supposed to, but we never got around to. Uh, there was a lot of complication. Time of year, uh, coordinating everybody's schedule, but we were supposed to bring him back. His son did like the podcast. Um, we were uh, at the end of the service. Jimmy was one of the musicians that actually knew the lyrics. I mean, knew the song. Let's go down to the Urban Homestead. Uh, the Urban yeah, Homestead so song. Knew the concluded chords. the service with that song. But Jimmy got us up to um, sort of uplifting song at the end of the night. So it was a fitting end. Well, that was the end of the service, the start of the boot dance. So. Um, a lot of people just fell right back into the uh, it was like nothing old happened, times, but, yeah. yeah. Um, and there was one guy. It was a funny story because he's he's a he's a really good mandolin player, and um, and you know 
you'll enjoy when he comes because they're like, oh, he's here because he is very good at uh, he's very good at playing mandolin and he and it that that mandolin that kind of I don't know if that fast pace it adds, it adds something. So he had a birthday after the service. He he could said he could stay a little bit for the gym, but he had a birthday party he needed to go to in Santa Monica. And you know, so from so he lives in Venice. He had to come to Pasadena, and then he had to go after Pasadena. He had to go to Santa Monica, which is an hour away. If you're familiar with the LA area, so he 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 said, "Okay, gotta go, guys." He took his mandolin, put it in his case, started saying his goodbyes, and the next thing you know, he's back in jamming again. I'm, I'm like, "Okay," um, he plays a couple songs. Like, "Okay, I really have to go." He goes, puts his mandolin, zips his case up, walks out, starts to say his goodbyes. And then next thing you know, he's back on stage with us again playing another song. And I was like, and that was like almost, it took him over an hour to leave. That and just we're, reminded what the hootenanny yeah, was. Yeah, and so I, I joked, I said, so about that birthday party? You know, he laughed. Just, he's like, no, this time I really am going. I'm like, uh-huh, really? And then yeah, Kevin so. showed up late. And, <laughs> and then brought him back again. And it started and so, all over again. All over again so. so it was the... The joke about the hootenanny was nobody wanted to leave and talk to one, 12, 1, 2 mm -hmm. o'clock. And we lived there. People mm -hmm. had to drive home. That other lady, um, they drove out to Joshua Tree after. It was mm -hmm. like, wow. Yeah. So. And people didn't want to leave. So we were, um, it did bring back, like I said, I had good energy and good vibes. And the place is underutilized. So if we can get a couple um, musicians or volunteers of a group to help us, run an event like that because we can't do it by ourselves obviously and without Dwayne, Tom, Dad, another and help. Um, um, Rob. Rob. Is, is Rob gone? Dwayne gone? Dad gone? Ed Posick would be he was, he was thing. Tom, now Tom gone. So that's five out of that group. And those the families of the people. And the families of the people too. Yeah, Phil and Nancy yeah. lost somebody, Kevin yeah. lost somebody, yeah. Jimmy lost brother yeah, and so mom and so it's been, so a, it's been a, a rough couple of years for the Houdini family but it was it was nice to see familiar faces and friends. And there was one photo came up on Facebook, and it was like 10, 10 people in the photo, and it was like five of them gone. Yeah, that's, I can't look at yeah, this stuff. Yeah, and then, like I said, and, and uh, quite a few are having health problems of their own, so we'll not even, you know, uh, of that group, there's we've, uh, we just visited one lady who had heart surgery, and other ladies having issues with her back. So, yeah, we need to, but, um, yeah, we need to bring music back because music and food and farming and fellowship is all hand in hand. I think it's it's what people need. Uh, you can tell definitely from, you know, it's 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 um, you know, and and Robin's Tom son, he had said came up to me after and he said, you know, I wish he'd come to a little bit more hoot and he had time to come more to the hoot nannies because he really thought he missed something special. So. But I told him they mm -hmm. were the last two years of live streamed mm -hmm. and I said they're still up there. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, really? Yeah. I said so, they're there. So, so if he wasn't able, it, yeah. he's gonna, it's going to live on for a while. Yeah. Um, unfortunately mm -hmm. said, those were some very super talented, great musicians. Um, and dad hosted the manage everything, um, how to do that with all those people gone. So yeah. if we can bring some volunteers in from the list and get some help and... Musicians and that are into... It's not the thing is we have to say, it's, no, it's a different type of musician. It's not a singer, songwriter, open mic. It's a jam session for people to sing along and, and covers, covers and stuff like that. So. Um, and then we started, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll hopefully do something. Um, they're already saying maybe October. They're already whispering. And like, it came back to me like, oh, we're going to have one in October. Everybody said, oh, we are? Okay, so good yeah. to know. Well, it was so, the Day so of the Dead. We're talking. 
joking. The, they, because, I know, uh, yeah, so it's more thirsty. So it's like we'll have one for the living. Whatever, we'll have yeah. one for the living. Because the last several events at the homestead, well, public events, whatever, were memorials for Dad, Dwayne, and Rob, Tom, Rob, and Tom, and stuff like that. So we said we should have one for the living. So mm -hmm. we just, yeah. it was a downer, but also inspiring at the same time because that's a totally. After four years of doing the hoot nanny, it's been two years since the last one. Mm -hmm. um, I don't say we got good at it, but it was like a. We had the the layout, the access, the ingress, the exits, mm -hmm. the chairs, the tables, mm -hmm. and all the yeah. setup was is there. Will. Huh? I think we impressed Will. Yeah. yeah, so we impressed some people who hadn't seen it before. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, where us, is this place? Yeah. To us, it was old hat, and they're like, oh, you know, people we met since. We've met people since we've had Hootenannies, and, you know, they've it's heard about It's hard to explain. Mm -hmm. So some of the people that, like, met us after when they came to see, they were just they were yeah. a little bit impressed that we knew what we were doing. <laughs> so a couple things, yeah, a couple things. I've got a couple minutes here. So uh, new things that um, we did start our farm-to-table program with New Horizons School. Uh, like I said, it we took a break last year because so, so many kids had taken it two or three years in a row that they had to take a break. Um, luckily, we got well, we have six kids signed up this time, which is great. Um, and possibly, maybe you know, they can always sign up. Uh, maybe we'll get a little more by the end of the year. So t um, today was our first meet and greet. Uh, I want to say that it was really good. I love the kids um, this year. They're very um, engaging. You know, so you can you just you know sometimes you're like, oh my, I'm going to have a hard time with this bunch, or it's kind of hard. You're like. Not hemming and hawing, but it's like engaging. no connection. Oh, so yeah, you know, you're not, maybe halfway in, you're sort of engaging. Right off the bat, these kids came in, they were just wanting and, and happy and wanting to eat and asking me questions and telling me how they love food and how they love gardening. So I'm like, hallelujah, have a good group. So this is going to be awesome. And of course, Zane is back. So for all those you know or don't know, Zane is a... Uh, amazing kid from that school. Uh, we buy his avocados. Him and his family have a farm, a little farm up in Bradbury. We buy the avocados or Zane's avocados, which you probably put stickers on. Uh, he is back and I told him that he's not allowed he's not to. He's not allowed to teach the class. He's not allowed to give any of the kids any answers because that's not fair. He's the what did his mom say? Uh, it was one of, today was the happiest day of, he has, of the whole school. He was like, farm to table, farm to table. And she was like, seriously saying you've, you've been there. I, I, we've had the class for five years. He's been through all five of them. So obviously he enjoys it. So obviously he enjoys it. And so, but this will be his last year at New Horizons. So um, it's nice to be with him one more year before he goes off to high school. So that will be special. I've known him forever. He's quite a kid. Um, so that's going to be fun. Um, they're looking forward to the sessions, and they're actually going to come. I went to the school today. It was and Jordy and I went to the school today. It was for introductions and got really good um just a lot of energy and really pumped about it and then um, next week they'll come to the homestead and they're already asking me, what are we gonna do what are we gonna is do for the, the first one yeah i have to put it on the calendar i got the dates but um they're already asking me what are we gonna do what are we gonna do so i said don't worry it's gonna be all it's about on, food. on this one's 14th or the 21st i wrote it on my thing I haven't put it in the calendar yet um so um and then another thing that came up was um one of the local um i don't know if he's just a He's an advocate, uh, stopped by the house, and he was wants to talk to us about some housing um, projects that are going on in Pasadena. 
And we are, of course, interested in that, uh, maybe like a co-housing thing, because like I said, we're interested in maybe bringing in interns or, uh, I don't know, live-in volunteers, so which would be some sort of work, live-in program. So we're working on that. We have some ideas. Uh, don't exactly know where we're going with that, but um, it's interesting when our, um, now that I don't have a, I'm not, I'm there. I mean, I usually, I'm, even though I wasn't working at the cafe, cafe I was always, there at the homestead on Wednesday for Wednesday pickup, but now I'm there for Wednesday and Thursday pickup. So it's, I'm, I'm seeing people on Thursday that I usually don't see. So it's uh, good to talk to the customers. And a lot of them are podcast listeners. So we want to say hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in on that. But they always uh, love to hear our stories. And it's nice when they come, they're like, oh, I listen to your podcast. And I like that you talk about that. And so they're following along. Um, and so that's nice. We got a really big jump in our podcast downloads just uh, last uh, week. Uh, I think we doubled the downloads, I think, uh, more than doubled the downloads. So, yeah, I don't know. Something happened. So, whoever is sharing or shout uh, did something, appreciate that because, like I said, our downloads doubled. Um, that's always great. Um, and so, yeah, we have some things on the, uh, you know, the year's winding down, but uh, we have ho hopefully some ideas for uh, next year. I have uh, a jam class coming up this Sunday, uh, which is the 16th. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're local and you don't want to miss, I, like I said, I ha haven't done any gym or I haven't, sorry, I haven't done any workshops this year. So this will be my first workshop. So please, if you want to, um, Join in the jamming session this Sunday from 4 to 6. The tickets are online. Um, you can uh, go to our website and the event, I think, is there. Or you can go to Eventbrite or go to our Facebook page. It's there. You can buy a ticket. Uh, spaces are limited because um, we can. I like to keep the classes small because everybody takes home. With this class, everybody will take home two jars of jam and we'll enjoy some um, jam and uh, butter and bread and all that good stuff. So we'll... Uh, I'll talk about the secrets of making jam without using pectin, and um, it's a pretty fun jam making class. So um, I encourage people to sign up because hopefully I, I hope to get one more. I can't guarantee that, so it might be a one and only uh, jam class this year or not. But you, you never know. So hopefully, well, people will sign to be up. Bread class coming up. Yeah, and then our the Karen, our bread lady, wants to do a bread class in fall. Um, Jordan wants to do maybe a couple of workshops too. So we're trying to get back into the workshop mode. With all the stuffs going on, so um, for the holidays, I know for holiday, and then it gets winter, and there's nobody, oh, you know, yeah, yeah no, but it's too cold to do that. So there's a lot on our plates, uh, for sure. We're um, we are. I have we have two. Let's see how how many volunteers now? We have about two, four, four, really uh, constant volunteers now. Um, two for the farm box program, and, and then the intern, and the other one that comes in uh, almost two times a week. So. We definitely need more help, and we appreciate that. Yeah, so I'm getting that. And then there's some people writing us. I think one guy wrote us, and I, I should have saved it. He said that, again, we're getting another one that said it's he, we, our garden inspired him. Uh, I should have printed that out. It was a lot of emails coming in. What was the name? Uh, he just said our, um, I think he actually wrote, I think he wrote um, to Dad. I'm not sure if on he did. No, it was on an email, actually. I have to find it, but, um, oh yes, here it is, September 9th. Um, this guy is from 
Kevin. He said um, he wrote Jules, so he apparently doesn't know. So he was, he had a question here. Maybe we can ask a question. I'm very impressed by your success. I also thought, I'll, I've always thought about homesteading myself. I was wondering how many hours of collected labor is needed to do this. My family isn't very big. Ah, uh, good question. Stay it's because tuned for the next know. episode. <laughs> Because there is, like I said, there's a starting, the middle, and the end. So it's, it's a home. So we'll put that, we'll answer that. I'm glad I found that because I just remembered that. Um, maybe we'll answer that in the next episode. So I'm going to try to answer that. It's a good labor, and is the title of the, the email is labor requirement. So I'm going to put that down for to answer the next episode. Um, and anything else we have? Did we cover everything? All our notes? We have all our notes. You can hear us tapping on our, our laptop and, and papers because we all have notes. No, that's it. Um, that's everything is covered. I think so. So, um, yeah, so we appreciate everybody tuning in. And like I said, um, please visit our website for latest developments uh, and sign up for our events and our volunteer program. And we'll see. Maybe we're... I don't know how about the internship live-in work program. We're still working on that because there's some stuff we need to go over for that. So a little bit of here and there in the works and uh, pretty much it. Yeah, I guess. And well, then hopefully, pretty much it. It's well, I mean, pretty much right because time's up almost. But um, I know. Are those, like My lists keep going, going longer and longer. So we appreciate everybody tuning in. I guess we almost to say happy almost fall because it's, well, next yeah. time. Yeah. When's, uh, well, when's the first day of fall? Is it when's the fall? When 21st. 21st of September or October? I think it's September, but... I don't even know anymore. So uh, days are time to... Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. And um, we'll catch everybody next time. And if, like I said, if you have any questions, like I said, it's sometimes we have our our our, 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 our daily homestead you know, life, but we, you know, like to answer people's questions. So if you have anything, please find us on Facebook or shoot us an email that we can. September 23rd. September 23rd. Okay. That's the first day of fall. So 21st we're... to 23rd. Okay. Yeah, so we're almost there. So happy almost fall. So until next time, uh, we'll, we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. Come on down to the farm in the city, back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life back into the land. Oh, oh, oh. help the garden grow, singing. Oh, 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 we've got to help the garden grow. The Urban Homestead theme song was written and recorded by Tom Fair. Thanks, Tom. We come to the end of our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to tune in until next time. This is Annie East, Jordan. Keep on growing. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden grow, singing. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to help the garden grow. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden grow, singing. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to help the garden grow.
folks. Remember to follow us on our website, urbanhomestead.org. Also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We love to hear your feedback. And if you'd like to become a podcast patron, go to urbanhomestead.org forward slash podcast.